0: Hello everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today we are reviewing Star Trek Discovery Season 4, Episode 12, Species 10C. Like always, I'm your host Clarence and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who's story himself, Cal Jones. How you doing, man? You know what? I've been waiting for weeks to be able to say
1: it's nice to be back on Discussing Trek in this capacity because you kind of gave me a sub- job to do while we're doubling up here but yeah i'm glad to be back i missed a couple of weeks because i was out of town missed you guys glad to be back can't wait to talk about this episode
0: yeah man we are glad you're back and thank you so much for taking that double shift hosting our picard episode i'm having
1: fun i have to admit and i hope everyone listening is having fun and jonathan i hope you
2: had fun so there you go
0: awesome sauce and speaking of the trick story welcome to the podcast the shorts. How you doing, man?
2: <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. I've been gone for a little while, but glad to be back. I enjoyed talking Picard as Cal hosted us. Cal, amazing job and kudos to you. Clarence kind of threw it out there to me to maybe host this episode of Discovery, but even with five hours of time, <laughs> I could not adequately prepare confidently enough to host the show. So you did an amazing job and kudos to you for doing so.
0: Good job, Kyle Jones. Thank you, sir. Thank you both. But, you know, if you're listening now, if you're new or have been listening for a long time, thank you for subscribing. And of course, what we do on this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek in somewhat excessive detail, in addition to talking all things Trek. So we're going to get right into our review of Star Trek Discovery, Species 10C, which was written by Kyle Jaro, while the episode was directed by Alatande, Otsunami. As the DMA approaches Earth and Navarre, Captain Burnham and the crew of the USS Discovery attempt to make first contact with the powerful species responsible before it's too late.
2: Spoilers. Red alert! All hands, stand to battle stations.
0: I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy. I'm At ease before you sprain something. Like always, we go to Cal Jones for the beats of the episode. Sometimes serious, sometimes comedic. Quite frankly, you never know. Cal Jones, what do you have for us this week, sir?
1: So I've been debating. I'm not sure if you can translate this or not. So just bear with me. All lights are on, flashes on bright, all that good stuff. Here we go. One plus two plus three equals I was right about Tarka.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh that's so good oh boy you know if you weren't gonna be on this episode mine was gonna be like 50 percent liked 20 percent hated you know i was gonna do the whole m- emotional percentage <laughs> thing but... yeah
1: you, you know i did have something and you know just as an honorable mention i thought about saying you know i i know what you think i'm gonna say you think I'm going to say I told you so. And in fact, I did tell you so about Tarka, and I have every right to tell you I told
0: you so, but I'm just not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, sir. Touche. Jonathan Schwartz, what is your high level view of this episode?
2: I actually like this episode a lot more than the previous two. That being said, there was still a little bit left to be desired. But I just got to say, man, and I hadn't been on the on the show the past couple of weeks but like the flash drive moments are killing me
0: oh my god we're gonna get into it we're gonna get into it man. because it's well let's just say it right now let's just say it right now it's like they took that thing that a lot of people who don't like discovery which is emotions and they made it the <laughs> focal point of this season
2: <laughs> yeah and i keep telling myself we're we're against the clock here why are we still having these emotional conversations
0: no, no, just, no. We're, we're not just going to have the emotional conversations. We're going to make this whole language that we have to decipher be about emotions. That's how far we're going with this.
2: And then you have the Vulcan president there. Like, like this whole time, I'm expecting her to like, come on, people. <laughs> this is not logical, but she's right on board with it. Yeah, Golly. she shouldn't have went in the bean. Right. <laughs> anyway,
0: Cal Jones. Additional
2: yes, talk. sir.
1: I like this episode, but for a different reason. I do like the fact, regardless of the emotion thing, I do like the fact of them showing us how they were able to figure out and all work together to break this language, so to speak. What I didn't like is the general from Earth. I'm ready for her to get, like, excinerated, exterminated, <laughs> ex- whatever, <re-inated>, eradicated, whatever. <laughs> I want her and Tarka to get like locked up in prison and do a Game of Thrones, walk them through the city and throw food Shame. at them or something. Wow. Shame. Shame. I, I, I dislike those characters so much. The actors do an excellent job of making me dislike them, but I'm tired of them.
0: Yeah, man. And as for me, when I first watched this episode and I've watched it a few times, I was kind of just sort of dumbfounded, if that's the right word. It was a very cerebral episode. If you really think about it at its core, it's a very Star Trek like episode. Yes. It's one of those episodes that make you think, even though some of the check no babble may not work out like we would think. It does have a lot of truth in what they were saying. So I was on board, but man, it really made me think there was one scene in this episode that's unforgivable and I'll get to it. So we have finally reached 10 C's hyperfill, a phenomenon that is the size of Earth's sun all the way out to Mars. So, you know, pretty, pretty huge there. So I want to start to make a point that I'll explain later, but I really Need to get some confirmations throughout this review, and I'll come back to it. But first, I want to make this first statement. By all indications from the formation of the DMA and the presence of the hyperfill, 10C is extremely advanced, right? Right. OK, that's 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 the only thing I want to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say we are assuming yes, but I feel that the simple fact that you asked that question leads me to anticipate or want to know what you've got next so keep going
2: i anticipate it but i think i can talk you down off of that when okay. we'll get there
0: all right let's let's i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep coming back to it but i want to talk about book and tarka and let's just take this all the way to his logical conclusion book and tarka with jet reno kidnapped and the working inside the ship so let's start with the are her actions of being the inside man any less bad than what Book and Tarka have done. Oh, it's worse! It's worse! <laughs> it's absolutely worse! It
1: is so freaking bad! It is so also. I mean, I mean, like court martial, lock her up. This is horrible. And what's equally as horrible, while I'm on my soapbox, is doesn't anybody ask the question when they're standing there? Where did she go? Didn't anybody <laughs> not care
2: that she walked off? Well, nobody likes her, so I'm sure. They <laughs> well, that a well, good point. <laughs> I don't I, I I think it's what I would have expected from her character. And that's kind of what she's given us up until now is that kind of character. So it was expected, but I'm kind of like the reason the, I guess the reason I would say it's worse is because I give book credit. Like you either going to be all in or you all out yeah. and you're going to do it for a reason. If you feel that strongly about it, you're all out. Mm. You can't ride the fence here. Cause if you're riding the fence, I think to me, that's just so morally wrong. Like, I rather know my enemy is my enemy and know that than to think it's a friend. And it's not like to me, that's more of an evil thing to do. Spot on.
0: But looking from Nindoyer's point of view, as and we mentioned this last on the last review, but needing to possibly have a plan B in Earth hangs in the balance along with Navarre. I think she is semi-justified on at least kind of exploring what's going on with Book and Tarka. But when it gets to venting plasma out of Discovery, I think you yeah. probably going one too far.
2: And that's where I was kind of what was going to go as well is like you say, yes, yeah, she's doing wrong. But like what? What's what's the point? Like I, I, she hadn't really served a purpose other than to fit the plasma. Like otherwise, she has not provided any valuable information other than to tell Book Michael is OK. <laughs> How's Michael? <laughs> and really, I think that's the only reason he recruited her because I mean, the, like, what's going on? Well, Discovery has no engines and no shields and no, well, we don't either. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. was that right? Why? Why do we need that?
1: Yeah. Hmm. Now, I would buy her actions a lot more if the person that Tarka is, the character that Tarka is, if he was a renegade member of the Earth Alliance or whatever they're calling it uh and and she had some connection to him yeah i could wrap my head around that but this i'm a representative of earth i'm not wanting to join the federation or rejoin the federation but yet i'm going to potentially sabotage the ship off of something that somebody stole yeah i just can't buy it
2: and for her to be so untrusting of any plan and so cautious and so protective of her planet. Like, and then all of a sudden she just jumps into bed with Book and Tarka.
0: I mean, to her defense, she doesn't go all the way until we start to translate this language. And it's like, oh, it may take a while. And then she's like, oh, she's all in for whatever Book and Tarka are doing. Mm-hmm.
1: I think she is the same thing. She's She's been undermining any way possible that she possibly can. Think about the conversation that she had with Burnham and in regards to undermining her about the first contact um, when they're talking. And uh, Burnham says, you know, something about a I I used to think there wasn't a
0: barrier until I realized there was one. That hurt my feelings because we just see her in last season saying that uh, this is a no win situation. I don't believe in those. But, you know, one year of being a captain, she's like, that kind of, I didn't like that moment. But you're right in what you're saying, though. You're totally right in what you're saying. But, you know, it's like she's, she's constantly
1: undermining. So to me, it feels like that let's not assume that they did what they did. And they get right to the point to where they, being the 10C, says, oh, well, let us stop doing what we're doing. Her character felt like the type of character that would say, no, stop,
0: stop, yeah, whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, in addition to not buying that, do you buy Jet Reno and her licorice um, contraption thing? No. Yes.
2: <laughs> 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 it worked for me. I, I, I mean, what didn't work for you? I, I get it because, I mean.
0: I guess the only justification I can really give is that we've seen her do that on the Hawatha in the second season. She really was kind of a jack of all trade engineer, you know, hodgepodging stuff together. So in that aspect, yeah, but really, no. But we do. I mean, we see the reason why she's on the book ship because she has because she's so smart with engineering and stuff. She has to be the one to actually figure out what the, what the hell Tark is doing.
1: Yeah. And I love that. I mean, I just, I was ready for her to escape. I was ready for her to take Tarka down or, or something. That was what I was expecting to see happen. And maybe that's why I was a little disappointed,
2: but I liked the things that she said and did. You know, I'm good with the, like, I expect that from an engineer, like any engineer throughout Trek, I would expect to be able to take a communicator and like, do something with it. Like it's happened over and over again. They've used different kinds of tools to make it happen. So I get that. What I was disappointed in same thing, Kyle, like I see this level of ingenuity yet. You can't come up with a way to get out of this force field. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I don't know if it's Tignataro's acting, but she is the first one of this entire season. Other than probably book that I really bought when they gave this personal story 'Cause I thought the way she delivered it and the story itself, I just believed it, you know. Whereas yeah. when it's Detmer or somebody on the bridge that we hardly ever see, I'm like, uh, do we really need that personal story? But here it just worked. And it made sense in the context of what was going on. It didn't feel forced. So kudos to the writers for finally getting that that moment right, you know, so late in the season.
2: And it is definitely her acting.
1: Yes, I agree with that. And 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 adding to what Jonathan just said, I think Coupled with the acting, the actor, I mean, the character, not the actor, but the character, you wouldn't expect a personal story from her. Whereas you might from Detmer and you might from these other characters you're talking about. But you wouldn't because she's so kind of, I wouldn't say uptight, but that's just not her character. So when she does deliver something personal, you stand up and pay attention.
0: Yeah, I want the clap. It was so good. (laughs) So she's the one that figures out that whatever it is that Tarka is doing once he gets that controller would not only destroy everything within the hyperfield, but also send a rift through the DMA to Earth and Navarre sectors and eventually engulf those as well. So, man, Tarka, you mentioned it, Kyle, but but Tarka is just he's just like hellbent. He's hellbent at this moment at this time to to. I guess, to go find his friend, which I don't get, but find his friend.
2: Yeah, that's what's throwing me off. Like, I get he's hell-bent, but, like, I thought he was hell-bent on getting there. And this particular plan, he's going to kill everybody, including himself.
0: Well, he can be hell-bent, or he can be heaven-sent. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he did open the can of whoop ass on book.
2: Really, though? It was a force field that did it. Yes. He didn't. Dude, he flew across his ship, bro. He flew. The force field did it. <laughs> <laughs> If book could have got his hands on him, it'd have been toast. A book, I'm disappointed in you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm disappointed in is book. Like you keep doing this over and over again to get the same result. Like you see every time you shoot this thing, it knocks you across the room. Come up with a
0: different plan. <laughs> They're trying their best to redeem book because we've just seen we've we've seen Tarka be a little bit worse. <laughs> But, uh, man, Book is I, – man, I don't know what they're going to do with Book after this season. I think he's gone, man. I think he's gone, too. Yeah.
1: Really? I, I do. I, I, I seriously do. Yeah, I don't say I
0: can come back from this.
2: Man, Michael keeps losing our <laughs> <laughs> Well At least this
0: one wasn't a Klingon, you know.
1: <laughs> can I mention something? And to, to, if I'm getting ahead of you, please tell me. But speaking of Jet Reno, can we talk about – the fact that the AI, the ship's computer can't see her or can't
0: find her. Yeah. It's like the oldest trick in the book of leaving a cum badge behind, but shouldn't it have been smart enough to look for life signs. Of course, we do know that Tarka did plant something in these systems that would not only maybe put something in there to to, hide, to mask her signature as well, but this ship has been on discovery for this whole episode and our super smart sentient AI does not know <laughs> somebody is like sitting on our hull. So I don't know. It's, it's a little, I, I don't buy that
2: myself. I bought it up until the point they found Reno's combat. Mm. I get that. He put a patch on the ship to blind her sensor. So she couldn't realize something was attached to the hull. And that patch was what she was <laughs> sensing. There was something wrong, which kind of brings back the problem of having a sentient AI. A regular computer would have realized there is a physical problem. But yeah. because she's sentient, she can't decide if it's a physical problem or an emotional problem. But, you know, he left a cum badge and he encoded it to produce bio readings like uh-huh. Jack Reno's. Okay. Ah, okay. Fair enough. Fair now, enough. Now where I have the problem is after they found the cum badge, deactivate the cum badge and then say, okay, now scan for bio signs.
0: Mm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel at this point this point in the future, nobody should be able to leave the ship without <laughs> Without somebody knowing, you know. Well, my thing is, we had this com
1: I mean, we had this episode specifically about this AI, about it being so powerful and so knowledgeable. And I would think if somebody started messing with that programming, that there would be like an owl, you know, like somebody's yeah. messing with me. Who is that? Oh, it's yeah. here. Yeah.
2: And that's that was my problem with the last episode. Like, I think Zora should have realized something was going on before he was able to put all of these covers and patches and stuff on.
0: Yeah. And man, and not only that, you have such we, we're going to get into it. But speaking of the, this communication with this alien species, I think all the conclusions that our crew have come up with, she should have been able to come up with like an instant. But. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the communication portion of this episode and these 16 complex hydrocarbons, each expressing an emotion. Do you guys have a good understanding on this whole communication thing and his emotions? Because quite frankly, I feel like it's so cerebral. I'm trying my best to understand it. But even after another viewing, I'm pretty lost. But did we come away with okay understanding of what's going on here?
2: I did don't ask me to communicate a message to you in it but <laughs> I mean I did I did get it I, I I I got a rough grasp of it and I'm okay with it like it it works out it works out I, and when I say it works out it works out like I think if we get the top minds at Harvard and you know MIT and all that together they could work this out
1: mm-hmm. I'm just
0: taking away the fact of I like the way you said emotion <laughs> <laughs> Like the emotion I had when those dots got sucked up. Poor dots. They never catch a break. They never catch a break. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, Tency is able to encase Discovery inside a orb and selectively shut down shields, engines, and weapons and safely bring Discovery within the hyperfield, right? Right. All right. Now, that seem pretty smart to me. They uh-huh, can do all uh-huh. that.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, okay. <laughs> And I'm thinking something this may not be where you're going but I'm thinking something now but anyway.
0: Yeah, please do go ahead. You can get I mean Couldn't they have seen the ship on the ship? I mean, well, let's let's talk about the ship on the ship in the bean, the ship on the ship. If they can do all this, why can't they talk to them? I don't get it. It makes zero sense. Well, no, it makes great sense. So, dude, dude, they can shut down their computer systems. They can they if they can do all that, they should be able to send a message on the computer systems. It just really makes no sense that they can do all this, but not communicate with them.
2: Can you talk to a dog?
0: There are people who will say that they can talk to a dog. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, my point being, but and it a was dog is not
0: sentient in that sense. Is a dog creating complex ships and flying around with when have you seen a dog create something? I guess they can put two sticks together.
2: And you kind of made my point. The dog is not because the dog is not smart enough yet. You cannot come. You cannot communicate with a species that's so much less intelligent than you are.
0: But the dog's not building anything, though.
2: I don't get of course. But if the dog got to the intelligence level of where they could build things. Then they would have a more complete communication structure that you could actually figure out.
0: Which Discovery have built stuff so they should be able to communicate with them.
2: You're right, but you I mean, in our perspective, they have, but a species as advanced as Ten C Discovery is just as the doc as that doctor said, it's like a monkey in a football to compare it to 10 C. I don't know. Like you can't you can't figure out A less intelligent that much of that big a gap in intelligence. You can't figure out that language like you can't figure out a a dog or a bird or whatever. They chirps, chirp, chirp, chirp. I mean, I'm sure that's their way of communication. And there's but it's just so much less intelligent than our means of communication. We cannot get logic out of it.
0: But all of what you're saying is true. But none of those animals are building complex
2: machines. All right, but if they were, then we would be we would be able to understand it. Now, you is you're why saying,
0: Discovery should be able to talk to this species.
2: <laughs> I get it, but Discovery's building complex machines in your view, but at Ten C's view, they're not building complex machines. They're digging holes in the yard like the dog. Like we look at a dog, we look at a dog dig a hole and bury a bone, and we think. Well, that's simple. He dug a whole bit. But to the dog, that was rocket science. Uh,
1: okay, case in point, an ant hill, even though I hate ants. But, <laughs> but 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 ants will carry something to carry something else. They have they've they've picked up a piece of dirt that they can carry to help build this intricate anthill. To them that makes sense. To us, we just put some dust on it and knock it over
0: or whatever you know, to get rid of the ant bed. I mean, I get it. I get what you guys are saying. But by the same token, it doesn't make any sense. I, I I get what you're saying. So that would all be true if this machine wasn't able to communicate with Discovery's computers to like shut down their engines and stuff. I, 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 I would believe every word you're saying if they weren't able to do that. To me, that breaks it for me. To me, they shouldn't be able to do anything to them other than like crush them, you know? But you know, I, I take your points are valid. So we get into this language which is a real language that is used to construct well let me just read it. it's called Lingos and it is constructed language first described in the nineteen sixties by Dr. Hans in his book called Lingos and is a language which is meant for this is kind of weird phrasing, but cosmic intercourse or <laughs> <laughs> a language is to be understandable by any possible intelligent extraterrestrial life form. It is a math language, basically, that's used that if anybody can really understand this, you can start to communicate with each other. And I think as far as it goes, like the first part of that language, they send out like a dictionary to which you start to communicate with. So they mentioned this in the show. It's a real thing. So I thought that was kind of cool. But the whole thing with understanding this language, we start with with these emotions and these t- 16 hydrocarbons then we go on to talk about lights and it was interesting and very cool but when they did the little 3D twist thing I thought it was kind of cheesy but it kind of makes sense so I, I really want to keep watching this episode and learn more of what they came up with I know it's probably not perfect but I still think it's pretty interesting to come up with in discovery
1: you know I like the fact that they used emotions in the language because if you actually think about any of our base languages that we have, we say words, we, you know, whether it's French, whether it's English, whether it's Russian, whether it's German, whether it's Spanish, whatever the words are, we say the words, but our emotions give them context. Yeah. So even though it's weird for them to just say this emotion means this and this emotion means that plus light plus whatever
0: we. Do that really anyway? Yeah, we do with hand gestures and and facial expressions. And to me, that's what I'm kind of equating it to. You know, we're saying the words, but the words can mean different depending on how we inflect or how we, you know, squint an eyebrow or, you know, raise our voice. So, yeah, I, I do love that aspect of it. So, yeah, I guess we can. Does anybody else have any comments about the language? Because I think I kind of ran it on with your dog explanation. It just, <laughs> I mean? but it makes sense. But in, any other comments before you kind of move on and wrap it up? Woof, 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 woof.
2: <laughs> Let me throw this in and kind of give you another perspective on the language. So the Dr. Harai, he mentions that 10C is at least on a level two of the Kardashian scale. Yeah. So if you look that up, which is an actual scale, we as humans have not actually reached level one yet. Type one, a civilization which Earth is close to obtaining, has an energy consumption of four times 10 to the 19th power. We're getting close to being able to harness all of the energy on our home planet and some from our present star. Type two is a civilization of harnessing all of the energy radiated by its own star and its own planet. So I guess they measure it in energy consumption is how they determine the intelligence level of the different species. So all that to say it, it, it kind of puts. OK, I'll give you another example. They're saying there's a couple of scientists working on this and Earth will obtain level one in about 100 to 1,000 years. It'll take us to get to level one. It'll take us getting to level two. It'll take us like a hundred thousand to almost a millennial to get to level two. Yeah, I believe that because they mentioned of Dyson Fears in the level two. Right.
1: So, I mean, just think about that. What are you talking about? The uh, vacuum cleaner?
0: (laughs) No, not that Dyson.
2: (laughs) Anyway, I just thought that was pretty cool. And that just kind of gave us perspective on the intelligence level, which further like made me okay with why they couldn't communicate.
0: yeah. I don't know. I just I just feel like they're both intelligent species. But I do get what you're saying. They're just on another stratosphere, which is fine. But still, I don't know. It doesn't sit well. with me. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know if I have really much else to say about the language. You know, it's kind of hard to talk about because it's such a complex thing. Uh, And and even the way they explain it in the show, I I know it's still highly confusing. So let me talk about. And and that was kind of the point I was making when I kept talking about how intelligent these guys are. I, I just thought they should have been able to talk to the freaking, if nothing else, talk to the computers. You know, I just felt like they should have been able to do that, which I guess is what they eventually did with this math. So there we go. I do have a huge freaking gripe with this episode. <sighs> so we did the callback to the Tarka screaming in this episode. <laughs> that whole scene, they could have kept it out. It was so out of context. We like stopped the flow of the show just to have this flash drive moment and then a scream. I don't know, man. It seems like the writer should have been smart enough to to not put that in the show. It just didn't make
2: any sense to me. What did you guys think? Flash drive moment, wasting time.
1: Yes, totally. It it it. Yeah, I I I have nothing to say to about it other than yes, wasted time. Yeah. Wasted time and wasted
0: energy of two great actors. Well, let me talk about some more wasted time. I think the whole Trill game with Zora and Colbert cut it out. I mean, it, it it brought no other than realizing that Reno was not on the ship. It just we didn't need it. I didn't like it when it was gray doing it either. But let's just cut that out, man. We're just wasting time. We could be doing other cooler stuff. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Again, flash drive moment, wasting time.
0: i I figured it out
1: discovery has been infiltrated by chris
0: chibnall (laughs) you can't blame chris chibnall for that no but but i I do think maybe some of the discovery writers are doing you know working on picard and vice versa possibly i think they're shot in different places so maybe that's not true but i think uh, wasn't akiva goldsman part of discovery's writing crew at first Uh, so i don't know man it's um the quality of writing this season, man, it's just not. I don't think it's as good as it been in the past. So let's get ratings for the episode, guys. Well, let's let's start, let's start with Cal. Cal, how Uh-oh. do you rate this episode, sir? Two. <laughs> oh God! <gosh. laughs> wow. Jeez, I'm sorry. Louise. I can't. You know the the
1: more the more I listen to the two of you, I might would have given it a three to be honest at starting. But the more I listen to you guys. And the more I see that general that I just want to like lock <laughs> up. But but the fact that the fact that we are we spend an entire season around Tarka and this general who don't really make very good villains. Uh yeah, two. Sorry. I can't go any I want to go higher, <laughs> but I
2: can't.
0: Well, what about you, Jonathan? How would you rate this episode?
2: Uh, you know, originally I was coming in at this at probably a four, four, three, but I mean, after talking through it with you guys, I'm going to have to bring that down a bit, but I'm going to say uh, not much. I'll say, I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four. And i I give you a quick reason why I, for one, am a fan of techno babble that can make sense. Yeah. Yeah. There is some holes in it. I get that. Yes. It's very complicated, but I love that we kind of focus more on what trick was. I mean one part of trick was just the tech of it and the science of it, and that's just what I love. I'm a geek. I love that kind of stuff and number two, another key element to the federation and Star Trek is the first contact procedures and the first contact scenes like I love that and the fact that we had the first contact gift kind of a I mean a call back to you know we did the Lord Dex episode where they brought the they brought the wrong gift to the people and all that. But, yeah, I mean, it's just we're experiencing first contact and that's what the Federation set out to do. That was the first goal to meet new species and make that first contact. That was so very, very important to do it right. And we have a crew that is trying to do it right and under the pressure of having to save their worlds by doing it. So I love that part. So far for sure.
1: OK, so. I want to do something real quick after listening to Jonathan, I'm going to amend what I said because he mentioned lower decks and that just kind of gave me flashbacks. So I'm going to change
0: to three. (laughs) All right. All right. You know, for me, I think I do think it's a very, very tricky episode at its core. John, you did a great job of mentioning first contact you know, let's give them the bore night. Let's see how they respond. Let's send the first message to them. These peaceful or peacefulness hydrocarbons. And I do like the methodical nature of working through the problem. So I think the Trekkie side of that, I think was really, really well done. I didn't appreciate it as, as much until I talked it over with somebody else and watched the episode again, but it was a, just from a purely entertainment aspect, it was kind of hard to follow. And, You know, we don't need everything to be action, action, blow up. You know, we don't need that. So I do appreciate it from that aspect. And also just the pure nature of seeing these 10C aliens, I think was just an awesome concept to see just a cloud of smoke and some eyes peering through. Well, I guess it was eyes peering (laughs) through the clouds. I think that in itself is a good thing as well. But. I go back, and I know you made your example with the dog, and I agree with your with your levels, the Kardashev scale. I agree with all that, but I just think the level they were able to control their technology, they should have also been able to talk to them. They were able to mm. recreate the bridge and send. I think if they can do all that, they should have been able to just communicate with them. And for that, I'm going to have to give them a 325
2: I think we could debate further on that. We could. We could. But can I just say one thing? You know, when you mentioned the eyes peering through at the shuttle bay, I could have slapped Saru. He's like, something is coming.
0: Like, (laughs) no crap. (laughs) No crap, Sherlock. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, Tarita kind of embarrassed him at one point, too. She kind of dug off into him.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Which was good as well. So yeah. And if we just wouldn't have got that one scene with them yelling at each other, they're just such a cadence and pacing break that I really I almost feel like that was unforgivable for this episode. I really did.
2: You know, it kinda reminds me of watching like like my wife was watched Days of Our Lives a lot. But it's like every scene is like another emotional conversation. That's what they're called soap operas. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, and like, I don't want that in trick. Like, I I, I get it. I don't want to, I don't have to see explosions and action the whole time. But I also don't want to watch every character have to motivate and build up another character in every scene.
1: Yeah. But they did have robots and mental implants and demon possessions. And,
2: (laughs) you know, but Cobra had to motivate the computer and, we're communicating with Tennessee with emotion, and yeah, it's just mm. no more flash drive, please.
0: But yeah, uh, that, that, yeah, we're going to end on that, guys. Thank you for joining us if you made it this far. What are your thoughts if you're listening? How did you enjoy the penultimate episode of the season? Yeah, if you have any thoughts or questions or comments, send that in to fans at discussingtrek.com or hit us up at discussingtrek on any and all social medias. Thanks for joining, guys, and until next time. Live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. for adventure. Your
1: traveling companions are fellow fans of Doctor Who. That's
0: right. It's the podcast Discussing Who. Exploring the worlds of Doctor Who past, present, and future. Find out more at DiscussingWho.com
1: You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com